Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I am speaking with Cindy Steinbeck, who is the CEO of Steinbeck Vineyards and Winery in Paso Robles. And Cindy will be featured in Wine Country Women Heritage Families. Cindy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Michelle, and it's wonderful to be with you today. You grew up on the land that you live on. Yes, I do. Over 400 acres of land that you have there in Paso Robles. What was one of your first jobs? I feel like it was probably on that farm. Yes. So when I was growing up, I, my first job was changing sprinkler pipe in a wheat field right outside my front door. What do you think that helped prepare you for? Oh, hard work. No doubt about it. Did you ever dream that you would be running the winery one day? That was not in my long-term plan. I had always loved being on the land, but I had a career elsewhere. And uh, about 1997, an opportunity arose for me to move back home, and I jumped at it uh, because of my passion for the land. You said that you had another career. So can you tell us what that first career was? My background and primary training is in Christian family life ministry. So I uh, graduated from a small Christian university in Portland, Oregon, and then got my master's degree um, from Concordia, Irvine in history and theology. I worked in family life ministry for about 15 years prior to moving back home. And then in... 2006, you decided to start a winery. I did. So I was farming with my folks, driving tractor back and forth in the fields, pondering the California wine industry and Paso Robles most particularly. And I was watching the industry growing up around us and decided that I needed to approach my parents about starting our own family brand. When I went to them, Uh, They said no, and I felt it was so right that I kept approaching the topic, promising them that I wanted to only use just a small amount of the grapes from Steinbeck Vineyards, not grow into a huge wine brand, but rather just let the grapes that we selected for our brand speak um, on our behalf. How much of your vineyards do you use for the Steinbeck brand? We started out with about a half percent of that 400 acres, and today we're at about 1%, anywhere between 1,200 and 1,500 cases annually, depending upon the year. What would you say makes the Steinbeck wine so special? Having my dad and my son growing the grapes, and then having our winemaker, Steve Glossner, putting his elegance and silky touch to that. Um, And then having my son-in-law helping out as the assistant winemaker, all those factors that are combined make for not only an excellent bottle of wine, but also an excellent story that I'm so very proud to 
to tell in our little tasting room. Your family is rich in history there in Paso Robles, and it has so many stories. Why don't we share some of those stories with our listeners? What are some of those big memorable stories that that you can share with our listeners? The farming that took place in the 1800s using horses and mules, I just can't imagine that lifestyle where they would awake at four o'clock in the morning, team up the horses, and then get out into the fields at, at daylight. We have some of those old artifacts that have just plain been parked on the ranch, and they're not going to be moved. And so as a child, I grew up climbing on that equipment, um, driving that old D4 Caterpillar tractor. There are so many rich stories of of our family's heritage, not the least of which my tasting room is built on the footprint of the old blacksmith shop. Which and is we, so cool. Oh, thank you. So we salvaged the siding and we used it as the, the fascia for the tasting room. So as folks drive down this driveway, they see this historic ranch, we celebrate 100 years this year uh, for my home, the barn, the blacksmith shop. As folks drive down, they can see the age. And then they come around the corner and walk through the doors of the tasting room. And there's modern track lighting with musical instruments from the 1800s. There is a wedding dress from the 1860s that's in a shadow box. There are all sorts of artifacts that are inside that tasting room. So it's it's really a little museum that allows us to tell our generational story. So you've got to tell me, what is the story behind the gunshot blast that's in the piece of tin in your tasting room? I stole away that piece of tin from the outside of the blacksmith shop. My dad did not know I took it. And I gave it to the gentleman to build it into my signature tasting bar because this story is so fascinating. My dad's grandfather, Frank, was awakened in the middle of the night, grabbed his shotgun, ran out to see what the ruckus was, shot a skunk, and blew a hole into the side of his brand new building. Oh, my gosh. So Grandpa Frank shot the shop. And I'm sure he got the skunk. He was a good, he was a good shooter. And so that piece, as you might imagine, dad was melancholy when we tore down the building that he and his grandpa had spent so much time in together. And now my dad gets to walk in there every single day and tell our guests that story. And so the, one of my goals was to allow our stories to stay alive by telling them over and over. You grew up on this land, is that right? In fact, I even grew up in the house in which I live right now. Oh, that's fascinating, too. It's a beautiful ranch house. So you grew up on the land, you went away to school, mm-hmm. you had a, a first career, and you decided to come home and start a winery. <laughs> you really didn't have any wine experience to speak of, um, as far as owning a winery. Would that be accurate to say? That is spot on, Michelle. I did not know what you were getting into. 
what I was getting <laughs> into, what I did know is A, I was willing to learn. Right. B, I was willing to work hard. And C, I believe I'm a visionary at heart. Right. And finally, I believe that both in marketing my wine and in Christian education, storytelling is a huge component. Right. I agree. Because of that, and because of my passion driving both aspects and me wanting my legacy to continue, me being fifth generation and the next generation coming along and then the seventh generation as well, that that same passion in my guts is what drives me. And so I suppose I didn't really need to know exactly how to grow grapes, although today I do know how to do that. And I didn't need to know how to be a winemaker because I could hire a winemaker. But what I couldn't hire is someone with the drive and the passion I have for our family's story. Well, and telling the story. Absolutely. Right. So that it comes alive for people. And time after time, guests comment, we feel so connected to your land and so connected to your family. And I say, bingo, that's what we want. So through the elegant wine, people feel connected. And that's what our family wants. Out of the 1500 cases of wine that you make, how many different varietals do you produce? We have four primary varietals. And then we have two blends using those varietals. So Cabernet Sauvignon is uh, the, the largest quantity we crush. Then there is Zinfandel, Petite Syrah, and Viognier. And then you have your extra special project, The Voice. Uh, yes. The Voice is a wine that our winemaker approached us, requesting that he could choose our top three barrels. And this was in 2007, realizing our family's heritage and our story he said, I want to craft you the top of the top from your wines. And so he selected two barrels of Cabernet and one barrel of Petite Syrah. And we needed a name for that bottle of wine. And I chose the name Voice, partly because of our family's music background, but mainly the voice is the voice of Steinbeck Vineyards. My dad has farmed his entire career and never talked about himself, never marketed. He's a humble farmer. And so this wine voice allows us to speak the Steinbeck story. And so it's essentially the voice of Steinbeck Vineyards. Very, very cool. And it sounds like you make just a small amount of that wine. Yeah, about 70 cases each year. That probably sells out pretty quickly. And we've turned it into a wine club wine uh, just simply because it does sell out so quickly. Yeah. And then you make some rosé, which I'm so excited about. As the rosé is only uh, two years. Um, it's new to us. I forgot those two varietals. Uh, we're using Grenache and Syrah for our rosé. Which is an interesting combination. I can't wait to try that one. Oh, it's a beautiful color and very dry. It's a dry rosé, very elegant uh, as well. We're thrilled to have it. Uh, The market for rosé right now is really hot and people people want this wine. And so 
we said, well, we've got Syrah grapes and we've got Grenache. Let's make a rosé. Well, I think that that was an excellent idea. Like we've said, there's so many great stories. Your family is so rich in history. You have a really interesting consumer experience, a Jeep tour that people can take. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Prior to starting our wine brand, I began leading educational tours in the vineyard. My thinking was, I love my Jeep and I love my vineyard, and I believe others will love it too. So I developed kind of an outline. Uh, we bounce around in the Jeep, in the vineyard. So my essentially my vineyard is our classroom, and my Jeep is the seat on which we sit to bounce around and see the vineyards. Folks can come in the springtime and see bud break, um, in the later spring and see shoot thinning, If they're here right now during February, they'll see pruning. So whatever aspect of vineyard life that's taking place, that's what we show guests. And something that makes it very unique, A, it's a 1958 Willis Jeep that I've been driving since I was eight years old. And secondly, yeah, I love it too. Secondly, only family members guide the tours whether it's my dad or myself or my son-in-law it's only family so we do not have employees that guide these tours that gives guests a real opportunity to hear our passion and when when folks go on a tour with my dad if they come back six months later and go on the tour with me they say wow that tour was completely different i said yeah because i don't know where my dad goes on the tour and he doesn't know where i go And our stories are different because we have different perspectives, perspectives. very unique. Even in the in the wine regions of California, I think a lot of folks are doing educational tourism and I support that greatly. Uh, I believe we're about the only one that uses a rusty bucket of bolts and the family members drive around the vineyard in it. So, well, I think it's cool. Since you've embarked on a career in the wine industry, what's been a top moment? so far? I think back to my son when he was 16 years old. He's now 35. He said to me, mom, don't forget who built this. Grandpa built this. And I think about him saying that at 16. I'm going to get a little bit emotional here. Um, He's at my kitchen table almost every day. And top moments for me is watching my son and now my son-in-law develop into these men that have the same fire in their gut as I do uh, with completely different skill sets. Uh, And so as far as an accomplishment or something, just as a mom being so thankful that these boys and these men are so passionate about the same thing I'm passionate about. That's one of those standout moments in your career so far. Yes, I would have to say so. How do you define success? We have a lot of room to grow. We have so many different elements, whether it's farming grapes or selling grapes or making wine or selling wine. There's so much room for improvement. There's, uh, it's a very challenging scene right now in the California wine industry. And so I, I don't believe that with my passion and my vision that 
I will ever feel like I've arrived. I do define success, however, as us working together to create a phenomenal customer experience. And when a customer brings their friends or family back and tells our story from their perspective, I view that as success. For sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, because they want to show it off. They enjoyed it so much. That is correct. And those return customers are so important to us and they love our story and they want to share it, as you mentioned. So what's ahead for Steinbeck? I believe growing our brand a little bit is on the horizon. Uh, There is definitely a customer demand for that. Um, Our community is growing. Uh, Tourism is growing in Paso Robles. We are a wonderful destination uh, now. And so I see us expanding. Uh, We don't, we will not be expanding vineyard acreage wise simply because we are planted out. I do believe continuing to increase in our ability to tell our story um, is is going to be key to our success in the future. Well, and you've got all those little grandchildren. Wow. <laughs> Boy, I see that in the future. Right. They're going to um, grow and, and take on individual roles, I imagine. I see that in the future. They are definitely interested in all aspects of the, the vineyard life, uh, whether it's jumping in mud puddles with grandma or driving a quad or a gator with grandma or a tractor you know um, they love the outdoors i've got three grandsons and two granddaughters and those those girls love the tractor just as much as their grandma loves a tractor <laughs> i love it and so i i see that in the future but we've committed as a family that if it's in their blood and in their passion they will be welcome to join the family business and if their passion is elsewhere we will cheer them on. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Game day tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Want to have the most fans at your game day get together? Bring an amazing IPA to complement your favorite hot wings. Chips and guacamole are a must on game day. Pair with a crisp Prosecco for the win. Ordering a meat lover's pizza for halftime? Serve with a red wine like a Spanish Rioja for a fun pairing. Whether you're hosting game day or stocking up, Total Wine & More is what you need with our ridiculous selection at our always low prices. Cheers. Let's switch gears and talk about your personal life, although we've kind of touched on your personal life a little bit in this conversation. You've alluded to the fact that you live on the property, you live in the house that you grew up in. If we took a step inside your home, what would we see? What's your decorating style? I have integrated old barnwood with some modern elements. I'm looking at a phone hanging on the wall right now that uh, is the old crank phone with the handheld earpiece does it work it it does not work it's (laughs) hanging however in the exact spot it was hanging in when my grandmother used to talk to my grandfather when they were dating oh very cool uh the old wainscot is the original wainscot in a couple of the rooms i've got antique furniture and then i've got very modern furniture it's a it's a real eclectic 
feel there's some soft earth tones and then in the bedroom as i've in the bedrooms i've chosen to decorate uh country with some bright colors i use some burnt orange um, and some deep burgundy for my decorative colors what's your favorite room in the house oh wow my my living room is my favorite in the morning because I get to watch the sunrise each and every day. And I'd say my kitchen is my second favorite because I love cooking and uh, enjoying a glass of wine with my family in my kitchen. So that warrants the question, you're mm -hmm. in wine country. What do you yeah. like to drink at home other than your own wine? I enjoy my neighbor's wines uh, in Paso Robles. But one thing I love doing is getting wines from around, not just California, but around the country. Or my son-in-law spent and daughter spent four years in Tasmania, Australia. And there's nothing I love more than to enjoy a Pinot from Tasmania or a bubbly. Uh, so wines from around the world. So you're definitely a wine girl through and through. Oh yes, through and through. <laughs> Do you have any hobbies? I love refinishing old furniture. I'm an avid hiker. I've hiked to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and back out. Oh my gosh, um, how many days did that I take have, you? It was a total of three days. We got to stay at the bottom for a couple of days. It was fabulous. And then I have also scaled Half Dome, not on the rock climbing side but on the side where you have to use the cables uh to get yourself up so that was quite an accomplishment oh, uh, 19 wow. miles in one day right so um i love the outdoors fishing with my grandkids is probably my all-time favorite mm -hmm. uh, we've got a a pond and so they they love fish i build the fishing poles with the kids i don't give them a a rod and reel when they're young I, we go cut a willow and tie a line on it so they can get the feel for what the, when the fish hits. So oh, I love they help. It. I don't they think I help know build anybody their... that's ever made their own fishing. Ah, uh, yeah. They get to build their own fishing pole when they're about three years old, and that's what we fish with for the first couple of years. And then when they drop it in the pond, I'm not so worried about it sinking to the bottom. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> How wonderful. What a great memory and just experiences to share with your grandkids. Is there a memorable trip that you've been on that you can share with us? Because my daughter and son-in-law uh, lived in Australia for four years, um, I've been there four times. The Hunter Valley in just outside of Sydney is my favorite trip. I've been to China as well, but the drinking the wine, sitting on top of those hills in the Hunter Valley, uh, just tasting those flavors and feeling the, the air and the smell of the soils uh, in a different part of the world was just an outstanding experience for me. We also toured every part of Tasmania and toured the wine regions there. Uh, fantastic wines in Tasmania. Getting back to California, what would be the perfect day for you? A long walk in my vineyard. And if it's been a time when it's rainy, um, having my grandkids over and jumping in mud puddles with them. I also have a, a dog that loves the puddles. So <laughs> just playing and getting wet and muddy uh, and, and just 
just being on the land is probably the perfect day for you. Um, Do you ever crave like going into San Francisco or going to LA and submerging yourself in the hustle and bustle of the city? Yes. In fact, I, uh, I love the Bay area and I spend a lot of time in San Diego, uh, down in Orange County. I love the city, uh, the hustle and bustle. It's, absolutely delightful for me and it's it's very important to me too because that's our customer base and so I want to understand when okay they live in the city and in the traffic each and every day that's their life experience I want to understand that so that I understand when they come to Steinbeck Vineyards and we're sitting on top of a hill and I turn the jeep off and they are so enthralled with the silence and because I have experiences in those big cities, I can understand why they love that so much. So rather than talk, I just sit in silence with them and enjoy that with them. Yeah, that silence and being among the vines and the beauty that surrounds Mm -hmm. you is very peaceful. Sure is. Is there something that people might not know about you, a fun fact. You've kind of shared a few things that I think are out of the ordinary, but is there something else? Uh, This is a very personal fun fact, yes, that nobody knows. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. I'm getting married on February 13th. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. So I've been single for about 10 years, and uh, Steve and I have known one another for 25 years, and... uh, he has become a part of our family, and we're going to tie the knot in about two weeks. He loves the vineyard. He lives in San Diego, so I will have a San Diego home and a Paso Robles home. All right. Thank you. So, yes, that was a fun fact that no one knows. No one knows. So the cat's going to be now out of the bag do. now. <laughs> now they do. <laughs> so, Cindy, let's wrap things up with five quick questions. These are really, really lighthearted. So you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite flower? Rose. Do you got a favorite color of a rose? Ah, the deep red. Wow. Second question. What is one of your all-time favorite movies? The first one one that came to my mind is A Walk in the Clouds. Oh, that's sweet. You are an author. We haven't told people that. You've got a couple of books under your belt. So I have to ask, what's the last book you read? integrity by henry cloud okay fourth question when it's time for dessert what do you reach for vanilla ice cream (laughs) and last (laughs) question what is one of your all-time favorite songs you raise me up by josh groban oh that's great cindy absolutely delightful to talk to you today thank you so much Thank you, Michelle. Wonderful getting to visit with you. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.